I'm Aaron. I'm Brandon. On this podcast, we talk about weird, bad, awesome, awesomely bad children's media of yeah. all kinds. What did we watch the other night? So we watched The Christmas Chronicles, a Netflix original starring Kurt Russell. So my thought, if the, a actually, picture... I just want to make an announcement. This is actually the Cashew podcast, the Cashew cast tonight. Okay. Because I've been eating cashews all night long. Don't, so don't, welcome to the cashew cast. Don't chew into the microphone. What's your favorite nut? Almond, then pistachio. Hmm. Then cashew. You're I half guess. right. And pistachio is the best nut. Don't don't yuck my yum. Almonds are... It's sort of a ghetto nut. I mean, let's be honest. What? What are you talking about? Almonds are kind of a ghetto nut. I mean, it's for the... It's, you know, it's a little bit of a hoi polloi nut is all I'm saying. Pistachio is kind of an upper, that's an upper crust nut. You've been thinking a lot about these nuts, huh? <laughs> these nuts. Cashews are up there too. But, yeah. Uh, I would say that um, almonds are kind of like, if they were a fast food, they would be like Long John Silver's. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A pistachio would be like Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's. Something a little... You've thought about this a lot, haven't you? I'm thinking about right now. Just okay. now I'm thinking about All it. right. Seems like you've put a lot of thought into this. So this is a Kurt Russell vehicle. So so my thought watching this yeah. is there's these prints of oil paintings that you can buy. And like one of them is Reagan, President Reagan, driving a like Mustang. And the car has like american flags on it and it's driving across the desert right or there's there's one with uh they're usually holding machine guns right yeah they got machine guns or whatever this is it's like george w bush holding a machine gun riding a falcon right yeah yeah this is the movie version of that painting with kurt russell as santa yeah it, it, no you're i i guess you're right i haven't really thought about that way but it's a very it is a very macho sort of Christmas movie. I don't. I don't even know. Like, I'm not thinking macho so much as like over the top. Yeah. In in I guess it is. I wasn't really thinking macho, but in like a very. It is I think as we go through it. Cinematic, like overly dramatic way. Yeah. Well, let's just let's let's go let's get into it, and uh, and figure this movie out. Okay. Let's figure it out. So. We open with a, a sequence, a montage of home videos of Christmas's past, at, starting at in 2006, household. right? Yeah. Yeah, of the Pierce household. And um, these are all uh, focused on uh, dad, dad Pierce, with a uh, boy and, uh, and uh, subsequently his little sister as they grow up through the Christmases. This dad is really into christmas right he's say, like the opposite of you he's the he is the opposite of me when it comes to christmas he, yeah. he loves christmas he's christmas dad he decorates the house he he's 
does the gifts. It's like all all his thing. It's his thing. So, as as we quickly find out that he dies, uh, I'm not. He dies in a fire. Is he supposed to be a fireman? Is that what we're supposed to? Yeah, it says the so. firefighter. Yeah, it um, says so on the plaque. Oh, okay. So he die dies in a fire. Um, the only characterization of him we ever really get is that he loves Christmas. And, and that he loves his children. He loves his children, especially at Christmas time. Sure. Okay. So, I, uh, speaking of which, I hear I hear our son storming around upstairs. Yeah. Do you hear that? Yeah. Yes. He is not not in his bed. No. <laughs> so our son's bed is uh, lofted, and uh, there's a stair. There's a ladder that gets up to it, and then there is a slide that slides down it. The slide is metal, and when he goes up and down it, there is a tremendous clanging sound, which yeah. is functional so far as we're concerned. Yeah. You can hear from a mile away whether he is getting out of bed or not. Yep. I don't think he's realized this. No, absolutely but not. We can tell from across the house if he's gotten yeah. out of his bed. Well, we can tell across the, from across the house whether he's in motion or not, because he hasn't learned how to walk lightly. Yeah. So he just stomps everywhere. I'm going to... Why don't you entertain the listeners... For a moment. Okay. We might cut this part out. All right. When I go back to listen to it. But I'm going to go see what he's doing up there. Okay. So why don't you proceed? All right. Uh, here I am. <laughs> Brandon has left Nork Studios. He's wandering up the stairs. Cajoling our child into going back to bed. It, you know, typical parenting moment. I was hoping to use this movie to con- convince Brandon that we should do a little bit more Christmasing around the house. And our kid is as well. He is trying to persuade All right. Brandon to put some effort into decorating the house, particularly the outside. But I am not Christmas dad. No, you were anti-Christmas like, dad. Like the guy in this movie. Yeah. I could give two shits about Christmas. But, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, um, we learn at the beginning that this is a Christmas-centric family. I mean, okay, it's a Christmas movie. I get it. You have to feature Christmas front and center. I understand that. Well, also, it's a movie about Santa Claus. <laughs> right. So. So I'm going to forgive it, uh, this overwhelming emphasis on Christmas. It's a movie about Christmas. <laughs> I know. Like, I, 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 I get it. I get it. That's why I'm, I'm forgiving it. That's why I'm, I'm being understanding. Okay. I'm like, okay, movie. All right. I'll grant you this. Uh, so cut to present day, the little girl whose name is Katie, Katie is now, what is she supposed to be? 10 or something? 10-ish, yeah, 10, sure. something like that. The older brother is 17. I think they say she is recording a video to Santa telling Santa that she wants a skateboard for Christmas. The uh, Gen Z version of the letter to Santa. Right. Is, uh, is she too old to believe in Santa? When did you stop believing in Santa Claus? I'm not sure, but I'm prob- probably not. 10, right? Yeah, totally. It's 10 prob- seems really old. 10 is really old. What but I bet her... What grade is 10, 10 years old? 10 is fourth grade. Yo, yeah. You're not believing Santa Claus in the fourth grade. No. I don't think. I don't think I made it past first grade. I really don't remember. I don't remember there being this moment. I don't remember either, but I, I, was, I was definitely younger than 10. Um... No, ten is ten is old. But she, so, she's asking Santa for whatever that whatever the hell she wants a something something skateboard. 
It's also it, this is um, uh, an exposition setup because this is where we learn that Dad died. Um, this is where we learn that the family is 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 imploding. Is imploding. So yeah. she basically just tells all this to Santa in an ex- exposition dump, and then um, her uh, her brother storms in the room, and this is where we learn that he's sort of a douche. It's not even sort of straight up douche yeah i think even our even our our five-year-old son watching this at this point was says to one of us he's not a good brother yeah yeah no <laughs> he's like, although he he comes in and he's making he's he's mocking her for making this video but he stops short of bursting the santa bubble right he realizes he, that she needs this and he at least has the compassion to because he's like literally about to tell her, and he yeah, he's like, "Don't you know that there is no, there is no." And then I don't remember what he says. He he's, he doesn't get your message unless you write him a letter or yeah, something like that. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and there, there, it it is clear from the videos and then the the present day that the brother and sister, uh, Teddy, Teddy and Katie, yeah really got along like we're very we're pretty close they were super close they were and, friendly and then dad died and now and they now, hate each other or at least or he Teddy. hates her yeah she she still like has hero worship for him right despite the fact that as he leaves the room he dumps an entire container of fish food into her fish tank he's like here save your fish's life and then he dumps five pounds of food in there murders all of her fish because there's no way she's gonna be able to get all that food out of there that that was the approach that that our kid took with his fish. So. <laughs> I don't think that's why that fish did died though. No, the fish died because we the the vacation timer fed it too much food. While oh, we were is that what it was? Oh yeah. I think it, I thought it died of loneliness. Uh, I'm no. Because what is going on upstairs there? <laughs> I think you know instead of inviting over a bunch of sevens, he brought over a bunch of elephants. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I'll be curious if we see if we can hear this on the uh, on the recording later. Yeah. Um, so uh, after the brother murders all the fish, he he- heads off. The sister, I guess, leaves the fish to die because she follows him. No, she she scoops out all the food very quickly. That's impossible. Those fish are dead. Well, she she that. she goes to it and starts messing with. She it. tries to. A futile attempt. I think he underestimated her ability to scoop out the food. Yeah. yeah. Well. She follows him with this um, uh, vi- ancient camcorder. This old camcorder, like tape-fed camcorder. Yeah. Um, well, it's from 2006. Yeah. And um, this the, the movie takes a dark turn here because she's she's trailing him and sees him and his two buddies steal a car. Right. <laughs> so this isn't like mild hijinks that he's getting into. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto. He's stealing cars. He steals a car and aren't they like running out of a store or something? And the implication is that they... I didn't catch shop, that part. I thought they were... Or something. I don't think so because they were taking their time kind of. They're like scoping out the store this car is parked outside of. Mm. And then they jimmy it open and hotwired or something and take off. He hotwires it. I was like, holy shit. It wasn't shit. even his friend. He, yeah. he hotwires it. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. And he he's he's apparently been doing this for a while because right. he's pretty good he's at really it. He's really good at it. This is very fast. He's very slick with it. Um, so sister is like, oh, I got shit on you. Yeah. And uh, threatens to rat him out to mom. Um, and then. Uh, he, uh, he loses his shit. 
and starts like physically assaulting her. Yeah, they get trying in a, to. They get in a straight up fight, like a physical fight. She yeah, not drops, even not even tussle. Drops the Christmas tree on his head. <laughs> she she rams into the wall. There's there's broken broken glass all over the floor. This was like a so at this point within a few minutes, one of the main characters is stolen a car and then assaulted his little sister. And I'm like, what what's going on with this movie? I yeah. Don't, <laughs> they're they're setting up. It's high stakes. It's true. So mom comes home. Is like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And so again, just like he spared her the truth of there being no Santa Claus, she does not tell on mom. She doesn't tell on him. She saves that. She for spares later. Him, spares him. Um, and mom's at wit's end. She's like, holy shit. She's a nurse at the hospital, I guess. Yeah. Um, she's frazzled. She's a. She is a. Um, a, uh, a a TV mom nurse. This is an this is a, 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 a an an archetype. This is a trope that exists. Okay. That she fits like one hundred percent. Yeah. There the the TV nurse mom is always a single mom. Yeah. They all. I mean, nurses work weird shifts, but they all. But TV nurses never work a stable shift. And of course, not. impossibly, and they're always, you know, being being called in to work the weirdest thing. So, so she's home for like a moment, and then gets called back off to uh, to go cover the night shift on Christmas Eve at the hospital. So she leaves a brother and sister behind to uh, finish decorating the house um, because she's been asking Teddy to do it for weeks, right? Uh, and so, <laughs> sister uh, Katie is watching um, old videos again. Uh, she's of, trying of, to connect with her dad. Yeah, so she's watching old dad dad videos, and there's one of them where um, they they have set the camera up on a camcorder or something, and and dad and mom leave the frame, and in the corner of the frame, you yeah. see a hand reach in, drop off a present, and disappear. Yeah, and it's a, it's a Santa hand, obviously. The the thing about this part is that our son did correctly notice that this is framed like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where there's always that part of the horror movie where they've recorded something and they're watching. Someone's like, wait, wait, pause that. Wait. Zoom in on the corner. Yeah. Magnify. Right. A computer, enhance. Computer enhance. Enhance. And then there's like some spooky thing happening in the yeah. corner of the film. Yeah. That's what this is. There's yeah. this spooky hand reaching in. It's yeah. just like this... A disembodied hand very, hand. very briefly, this disembodied hand drops off a president and disappears. Our son at this point is freaked the fuck out. And he's like, no, 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 no. Turn it off. I don't want to. I don't want to. He's burying his head into your yes. flank. There's part of me that's like, oh, come on. But there's another part of me that's like, no, I get it. Because this is weird. This yeah. is a creepy, weird moment here. Uh, but anyway, so she, um, Katie uh, convinces Teddy that she wants to stay up all night and catch Santa in the act as if no kid has ever done this before. Right. This is the first time in history that a kid has ever stayed up all night to record Santa. This movie would have you believe that. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Um. Well, maybe her camcorder was magic because of her dad. Um, well, I guess, I guess at the end of the movie we find out why this works we'll get to that yeah uh so they set a santa trap um right they they rig up this well first there's this scene where the the mom has to go back to the hospital so 
Teddy can't go on hijinks. He has to stay home and watch watch the sister. I liked his excuse. He, he wanted to leave and go with, hang out with his friends. And she's like, what are you going to do? And he says, we're going to go caroling. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. Because a bunch really, of 17 really year old, a group of 17 year old boys want to go caroling. Yeah. That, that's like a bunch of 17 year olds <laughs> going trick or treating. Yeah. That's, that's, that's no that's good. Code. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she says, she may, she strikes up a deal with him. If you stay and help me with this, I will give you the, the evidence of your wrongdoing that she has on tape. Right, right, right. So he, he takes her up on the deal, but I think he taps into a little bit of brotherly feeling and has some fun with it. Sure. So they rig up this whole thing contraption so there's some jingle bells that ring if there's a line that's tripped and and she puts what's your standard Kong spike pit trap right yeah um baby powder in front of the fireplace so he'll make tracks all over the living room yeah which he does yep this is so so yeah the alarm goes off they're both passed out she wakes up. She sees, you know, a glimpse of Santa dropping off a present. Then he disappears up the chimney. And then, again, here's another horror movie thing. Because she wakes up Teddy. And she's like, he's here. He's here. He says, where? He's up on the roof. And you hear these footsteps on the, on the roof. Thud, thud, thud. And she yells, he's on the roof. <laughs> and our son goes, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. No. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, there's a home invader. Now he's right. up around. He's fucking up around up on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> it is a like a horror movie. So they go. They run outside to go find him. When they see this blurry thing up on the roofs, leaping from roof to roof in a in a like a what like a cloud or a, a like a kind of like a genie or something. Yeah, it's more like a genie cloud or something our son is now yelling down the stairs i'm having a nightmare about something yeah do you, you want to go feel this while i describe this scenario so in like a puff of smoke he is he is uh, zigzagging from from rooftop to rooftop down a chimney up a chimney down a chimney up a chimney and the way this is shot it's dark out uh the camera is flying around trying to follow santa it is a it's eerie it's a, it's a, it's kind of a creepy scene so uh i'm not i'm not blaming my son for being freaked out by it so uh the sleigh is parked outside of the house and it's sitting there floating in the middle i'm just gonna keep going because i'm it is late it's not late it's eight it's eight forty-five. but i'm 41 years old and eight forty-five is the new midnight for me so we're just going to plow on through this. Um, so the the sleigh is parked there. She's going to get it. She decides she's going to get inside. And I don't I don't know why. She's looking for toys or something. Um, so she climbs up on a power pole or something. And Teddy's yelling at her not to. And she jumps in the sleigh. Uh, and it, there's uh, uh, I, I think it's empty. I don't I don't I don't think there's actually a bag of toys in there. But Teddy comes after her. And now they're both sitting there in the sleigh. Santa finishes this this block or this neighborhood or whatever and uh, flies back into the sleigh. Doesn't notice, doesn't notice that the back of the sleigh is full of two kids. Uh, and then they take off. All right. Aaron has returned. What's, uh, what's the story up there? Oh, it's just fucking toddler delaying tactics. Gotcha. He was complaining that he was having a nightmare, but I... He I'm, hasn't been I'm, sleeping yet. I'm pretty so. sure that he has not even gotten in bed yet, so I find that implausible. Yeah. 
Did you cross-examine him thoroughly? Yeah. Yeah, no, he isn't. Did you lay out all the evidence against him? Yeah, all my exhibits. The state rests. Yeah, sentenced him to go to bed? Yeah. All right. Well, you know who else was up? Who, the other kid? The baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But he seemed to be ready, inclined to go right back to sleep. It's a nightmare up there. Yeah, it's a zoo. We bought a zoo. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the kids are in the sleigh. I got to that part. Okay. The sleigh yeah. is taken off. Um, and the girl, the, the, the Teddy is like, holy shit. Right. We have to hide. Right. The girl, for some inexplicable reason. She's cold. Tugs on Santa's no, sleeve. No, no, no. She's, she's freezing. Yeah. And can't, like, just handle it. So she taps on Santa's shoulder and wants to see if he has a blanket or yeah, something. Yeah, like, what does she expect? That... Yeah. Can you imagine if you're driving your car yeah. and somebody had stowed away in the back seat yeah. and they're like, I'm fucking cold. Yeah. And they reach up and tug on your sleeve to ask you for a blanket. Yeah. What your reaction might be. I would scream and slam on the brakes. Yeah. And freak out. Which is what happens. Yeah. So Santa <laughs> screams. Yeah. He does the equivalent of slamming on there. He does the equivalent of stepping on the gas, I guess. Yeah. And the sleigh gets goes out of control in right. some manner. Yeah. So, I don't in, know. The, in the process, loses his hat, which allows yeah. him to do this to to. It's be, his magic hat. His magic hat that that helps him get all the presents down the chimneys all or some stuff. or something. It's not. He loses the bag of presents. Right. And he loses the reindeer. And then, and then the sled turns into it, a spaceship. No, no, you, you, you're skipping the part where it goes through a wormhole. Oh yeah, the, the yeah. sled goes no, I like, through I like the wormhole part. a rift in space and time. Yeah, as one does. Yeah, it's like a scene from uh, from the Lawnmower Man, <laughs> like a VR. Remember how in electronic stores when they're selling big screen TVs, they used to have these demo DVDs of like trippy VR type scenarios to like show off the tvs and it would be like going through a wormhole vaguely it'd be like kind of like a fancy screensaver at that yeah. point in time yeah what would be a fancy screensaver like now sliders. you would like laugh and wipe your ass with the tv because it's so <laughs> ridiculous but uh anyway it's it's kind of like that uh, and then they come out of the wormhole they're who who knows where and then yes and then they crash you might imagine Santa's not very happy with these kids. He's not really upset, though, either. He's, like, a little bit peeved. He's like, ah, oh, shucks. I mean, I guess. He's he, not that upset. So He lays into them a little bit. Barely. A little bit. They're like, the girl's like, Santa? And he says, live and in person, one night only. That sounds like something Beetlejuice would say. It does. Or, or it sounds like something Kurt Russell would say. <laughs> well, since it is Kurt so, Russell, so, that, that checks out. Yeah. Let's, uh, so, so now that Santa has been revealed, tell me, what was your impression of this Santa Claus? How would you describe Kurt Russell's uh, take on Santa Claus? Uh, I, I, I have three words that I would use. Okay. He... I thought it was weird that he kept making a big deal about how he was portrayed as being much larger than he was. Yeah, throughout the movie, he is bitching about all the fat Santas that he sees right. on billboards and Coke cans and whatnot. Right, but he's not, like, svelte either. No, he's kind of got dad bod. He's he's not skinny. He's not a skinny Santa. 
No, he he's he's he's, rec- he's recognizable as Santa. Yeah, I mean he he does not. He's have... not morbidly obese. No, but he he's overweight. I I wonder that I was wondering if this was something that Kurt Russell had insisted upon. Yeah. Do you think I would want if he insisted that Santa can't be a fat ass if he's going to do it? That Santa has to be kind of kind of sexy a little bit. He's, he's like, not I'm sexy. Kurt, I'm Kurt Russell. He's not sexy though at all. This is not a so sexy Santa. this is this is where we differ because my my okay my all three right word, let's hear it my my three words I was going to use to describe this take on Santa is hot dirty grandpa all right because I think that's what they're going for it's okay. kind of like a hot grandpa thing yeah but he looks to the overwhelming impression that I had whenever he was on the screen was that he was dirty and I mean literally dirty. <laughs> Like like dirt. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a white beard or white hair. He's got this sort of salt and pepper, but more like streaky. Like a, It's like a hobo beard. It's like a dirty looking beard. Yeah. It looks dirty. Yeah. And then the, the um, uh, what do you call it? The trim yeah. on his coat and on his hat, it's, which is usually, like gray, wa- usually white as snow. So usually like it's a gray sable. It's gray and yeah. dirty looking. So he looks like a Santa Claus who just spent a night in an alleyway. He looks dirty. So I it's it's just I, I felt like it was a weird a weird choice. Um but it's, I think he's definitely supposed to be, you know, a hip this ain't your daddy Santa Claus. Yes and no. I mean, when they I will I guess we'll get to this in a little bit here, but when they're in the restaurant He's portrayed as being extremely out of touch. Well, yes and no. So let's keep going because we'll get to that. Yeah. Because that I don't. I, that's that. I have a couple different thoughts about that. So he. he I I appreciated that he was was he was kind. He was basically on as you said. He was he was unfazed. Although they did not apologize. They didn't apologize. I was waiting he for that. He doesn't treat it as that big of a deal. He's like, ah, well, here's what we're gonna do. Let's go round up the reindeer. Let's round up the presents. Let's get on with things. He's, well, he's very first, he's, first he says he's going to do it by himself. Yeah. And then then they offer to help, and he's like, mm, I don't know. And then he Well, it's really, he can't do it by himself because he goes to, like, disappear and fly away, but then he can't because he doesn't have his magic hat on. Well, so, that, so that's, when he like, start, ah. that's when he gets a little bit more perturbed. Right. So um, so they're going to hitch a ride into the city. By the way, they've crash-landed somewhere outside of Chicago. Right. Right. Um, and they start, the movie starts in Massachusetts. Lowell, Massachusetts. Lowell, Massachusetts. Western Mass. Near and dear to, to Aaron's heart. Sort of. Uh, so they go into this nearby restaurant to, to find a ride. Yeah. And a bunch of weird stuff happens in this restaurant. Yeah. So he, go, he Santa has retained this magical power that he knows who everybody is at one glance, and he, he, and what they've all everything that they've ever had wished for yeah. on their Christmas list, like everything about them. He's, yeah. he's got like this. He's, he's got he's the, omniscient. He the omniscience of God. He knows. Yeah. He knows everything. So he walks in. He sees the hostess, and I played I, by Vela Lavelle, who is amazing. Who's I don't know who that is. She's she's on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Okay, and is is becoming one of those like per- people that you're starting to see everywhere. Yeah. But she basically plays um a slightly toned down version of Heather uh from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. 
Well, Santa's got a good line when he walks in there and sees her, and he and he goes, "Wendy, you've gotten big." Yeah, <laughs> which I just and she's like, "What?" She's like, I love the notion of a guy dressed up like Santa just walking up to somebody and saying, "Oh, you've gotten big." Yeah. <laughs> but then he says all this stuff about her, uh, stuff she wanted for Christmas as a little girl or whatever. So um, she's she's with it. She's like, "Yep, you're Santa Claus." Yeah, she's down with it, and I. And she offers him her tips. Yeah, she doesn't have a car, and uh, she 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 recommends Uber, and he says he doesn't have an account. So, I mean, you're right. He's out of touch in the sense he doesn't have an Uber account, but he knows what it is. He you know, like he's he's down with what with what's going on I in guess. 2018. All right. He's just maybe not partaking, but he's not anacre- He's not like out of time. No. So you know, this brings up the the question to me of of how do you portray an immortal, magical saint? I, I guess it's asking too much to ask for a realistic depiction of what the psychology of such a being would be like. Would you go with the flow and just be like, "Well, I'm gonna follow all the latest trends"? I, I mean, know. he he would have to. He would have to follow toy I trends. Guess, well, I guess, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna appeal to the kids, you have to. I f- I felt like he was. Do you think he's gonna get Pete Davidson? You think he's gonna get him Ariana Grande? Grande Grande. What's her name? Uh, Latte. No. Ariana Latte. No, because he's... she doesn't like him anymore. He's gonna make her like him. He does this. He does this later in the movie. That's why I why I say this. No, no, no. He doesn't make he. Let, let's let's put a put a pin in that okay. and come back to it. <laughs> All right. I, I I was thinking that he was out of touch because he seemed to genuinely believe. Speaking of out of touch, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. <laughs> Ariana Grande. <laughs> Grande. I think. Right. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so he Santa seems to believe that if he marches into this restaurant and like calls people by their names and does his like. I know what you wanted for Christmas shtick to like prove that he knows things that no other person besides Santa would know. Yeah. That that they're all like somebody's just gonna up stand up and be like, sure, I'll give you a ride into the city. I would. Peep, the, the, these people are not sufficiently impressed. No. If if I was sitting there at a restaurant and this dude came in and comes right up to me, he's like, Brandon. Didn't you always want that remote-controlled airplane that you never got as a kid for Christmas? I'd be like, "Fuck, where do you want to go? Yeah, where do you want? I'll take well, you. So I'll there, take there you is anywhere." There's the one guy. There's the one guy. <laughs> oh, that's so right. he walks up to them and he's like, "Larry and Sheila Gumperstein, or whatever he says," right. and he's like, "Larry, look, uh, what kind of car you got here tonight?" He's like, "I've got a Porsche." And he's like, how about we trade it for a 1963 mint condition signed Mickey Mantle yeah. baseball card? Which, and he's way, like, yes. He, which he pulls the card out of his coat. Right. And which he does multiple times in this movie. Sure. Which made me ask, why does he need the bag of toys if he has the power to pull anything he wants to out of his coat? Because uh, he he, it's faster if he has a bigger bag. That's the portal into the... Right. More things, world. Yeah, well, well, we'll get to that. But, um, but yeah, other than that one guy, nobody seems very impressed. Even when he goes up to the Korean couple and starts speaking to them Korean. And they're like, no, go away. Well, it's funny, too, because because he then they all, he also goes up to the uh, other 
people of color um, in They're the Indian. room. They're Indian. He starts speaking Hindi to them. And the guy answers him in Hindi. And then it's like, I speak English, you asshole. But he's he's not impressed that this old man in a in a Santa costume comes up to him and starts speaking perfect Hindi and knows his name. There there is a, a lack of amazement on these people's parts. They're jaded. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But, th- yeah. but that's actually a, one of the points of this movie is that you, or of, of all Christmas movies, is the point. One of the points of Christmas is to remind ourselves of how good we can be is a line that is literally said later in the movie right but it's it's a it's a time to walk away from cynicism and skepticism and believe in things yeah and not be a douche sure um <clears throat> there's a, so these people need christmas they need christmas santa points out by the way when uh when teddy asks what's the big deal about christmas so what if people don't get presents? And Santa's like, well, you know what happens? You know what happens if you don't get presents? You, you ever heard about that thing called the Dark Ages? Yeah. <laughs> and Teddy was like, that's because they, that's because they, you didn't send out presents? And Santa's like, yeah. <laughs> so, so he blames the dark. It wasn't the fall of Rome. It wasn't no. the decline of organized, you know, civilization. It was no. the fact that they didn't get presents that year. So it's a little bit of a mixed message because, yeah, there is the whole this all this you know talk about family and togetherness and and believing in something, but there's also this undercurrent of, but the fucking presents, those presents have got to be have got to be delivered, or the whole the whole thing falls to shit. Yeah. So they're leaving the restaurant, and and there's a part where the bartender he tells me like get the fuck out or something. Um, well, he's harassing more, the more, customers. In more G language. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bartender's got a point. I mean, yeah. he's like, dude, get out of here. Yeah. And Santa's like, oh, Santa, Joe, Santa Joe turns redneck to, buttfuck. And he, and, Santa turns to Teddy and says, this bartender who just got out of jail for uh, B&E, Grand Theft Auto, like, yeah public disorderliness like whatever he's like public li- masturbation he like lists off this thing he's like teddy this is your future he does a bit a little bit of like uh ghost of christmas future yeah on him and the, and the bartender gets really pissed off because yeah. he's like i don't want everyone to know that i have this like arm long rap sheet yeah and gets out a baseball bat yeah and comes at the attack santa this is the i really what i i wanted it and I, I would have been disappointed if the movie did this, but I actually really wanted it to happen. I wanted Santa to get in a fist fight with this guy. I wanted no, him that's, to like that's a bad Santa too. I, I wanted the bartender to swing the bat at him and just Santa to like catch it in one hand. Right. And then like break the bat with right, his bare sure. hands, you yeah. know, like yeah. some really super macho thing. Yeah. yeah. Um but the, I guess wisely the movie didn't do that. But if it had, I would have been yeah. complaining about that. Yeah. I would have complained about so that. Vel- Just like, you know what it would have reminded me of? It would remind me of those Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movies. Oh, yeah. Where Sherlock Holmes is like a master MMA oh. fighter. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the world's greatest martial artist right. and, and pugilist. Right. Like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Um, but no, it was Santa, they flee. They, well, they, well Vela Lavelle, uh, the hostess, dumps a bunch of ice on the floor. So he does like a, you know, Looney Tunes. The bartender tunes. does, yeah. Bartender does a little Looney Tunes um, scramble on the ice and yeah. falls flat on his back. Right. As one does. So they, they, they flee outside. 
and then uh, Teddy goes over to the <laughs> goes over to the uh, valet stand. The valet stand, which this is a diner. This is like a shithole diner. So the fact that there's a valet. It's a. It's like a. It's like a hula hands. At best, it was like a Sherry's restaurant or a. Or what's an East Coast uh, Sherry's thing? Like it's hula hands. Hula hands. I don't know. I've never been to a hula hands. But yeah, so there's a valet, I guess. Um, And uh, so Teddy Steele takes the keys to this car. There, there, there might be a valet in Chicago. Parking is really hard. I guess. Um, there, there's valets. They're, they're, for... they're in the suburbs or something, though. They're not in Chicago at this point. Didn't look like it. Well, they they can um, get to Lakeshore Drive in not very long. Um, sorry, I'm having some refreshments here. Um, it's been a hungry, hungry day. Um, so, so they go to steal this car, and there's this funny part where Santa is wrestling with whether or not they should steal a car or not. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, guys. I'm Santa. I don't know if I should do this. Yeah. And Teddy, Teddy's like, well, this car was stolen already. So we're just going to borrow it for a little bit before we turn it over to the police. Yeah. Because it, Santa had revealed that the bartender had stolen a red Dodge Charger. Right. So they, they take that car from the parking lot. Yeah. And Santa's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense to me. We'll yeah. borrow it for a bit and then we'll take it off. So they, they take off. Teddy drives the car and they fly out of the parking lot. At this point, um, this is when our kid says, haven't we seen this part before? And I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, you know what? It's because I've showed him the uh, beginning of Baby Driver. Yeah. That is what he was thinking of. And he was like, no, no, it is exactly what he was thinking of. Yeah. Because that's a red car right. driving fast, doing stunt driving right, through right. a city. Yeah. He was thinking of Baby Driver. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> So as uh, as they're driving through town, Santa Claus gathers up all like this floor trash in the passenger side of the car. Yeah, he's he's resourceful, and he builds a police scanner out of it. Yeah, <laughs> out of just garbage. And this the girl is like, "How do you know how to do that?" He he's says, like, "I'm the greatest toy maker of all time." Right, and so and so implying he, he's an inventor. And- yeah, and so he plugs it into the to the radio and turns it into a police scanner. Which all I could think of at this point was, Santa Claus built this in a cave in Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This, um, there's a lot of things. Let's take a detour for a second. Because there are a lot of things about Christmas movies that I want the movies to address that, that they never do. So, for example, the eternal question. That every child will eventually at some point start to ask is, if Santa and his elves are building all these toys, why are they arriving in a package that says Mattel on it? Mm-hmm. You know? And so so here we go. He's like, I'm the world's greatest toy maker. But all this shit he's handing out is just store-bought stuff. So I would love for them to address this. Right. You know? What the what this is this is cognitive discordance that that needs to be answered. Yeah. Um, The other uh, while we're on that topic, the other here here here's the other the question that always arises in these movies. Well, wait, wait, hang on. The answer to that is subterfuge. Ooh, subterfuge. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to leave it at that? Well, he he doesn't want to reveal his presence. 
Yeah. So he puts it in the package that you would see at Target. The, uh, so that's one explanation. The other explanation is that Santa is the CEO of a massive mon- monopoly conglomerate where yeah. m- all manufactured products in the world are actually produced by Santa Corps. Ah. They're all subsidiaries of Santa Corps. Yeah. Of which he, he this is like a real Illuminati shit. <laughs> yeah. If you dig in deep enough through all the layers and all the lies. It's Santa's all the way down. It's Santa at the, at the bottom of it all. At the bottom of the pit, you'll find Santa looking back at you. If you stare long enough into the abyss. Santa stares back. Santa stares back at you. <laughs> this is a good movie. Yeah. This is a good movie. Forget Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus. Amazon. I, Jeff Bezos is an elf. Mm-hmm. He is one of Santa's elves who has been appointed to be leader of Santa's main distribution chain. Yes, but if that was true, I, I here, I will just prove your theory. If that was true, Amazon workers would all have living wages. This is a dystopian view of Santa Claus. Okay. All right. This is like... This is Santa Claus meets Hudsucker Proxy meets uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So Hollywood, if you're listening, I we, we will option this to you for five hundred thousand dollars. Thank you very much. Please contact us at norkpodcast at gmail I would like a small cameo in the movie. You, Aaron, you want a little cameo? Uh, I'll do some voice work. All right, excellent. Um. Uh, so, so the other thing, um, I, I don't know, I guess we can get into this later, but in all these movies where there's this question of, oh, does Santa exist? Is this actually Santa? Is this the real Santa, you know? What are the adults, let, let, let's just scoot forward a little bit towards the end of this movie where, where the mom comes back home and they have Christmas, right? And there's some presents under the tree, some of are which are from Santa. Right. In this world... The mom either also believes that there is Santa and so is not surprised when there are these extra presents under the tree from Santa. Yeah. Or does not believe in Santa, and is, and it, but for some reason it's not like, where the fuck did these presents come from? And it's not freaked out by these mysterious presents. These movies never address this of like, what, what are the adults in the world, like how are they dealing with the fact that there suddenly is a Santa despite the fact that they have been the ones putting presents under the tree forever. Well, so in in my family, when we give presents to each other, even after I knew that there was no Santa, some of the presents are from us and some of the presents say from Santa. Right. Oh, so what you're saying is Is that... that the mom could just think that those Santa presents are... from the kids. From the kids. Everybody thinks they're from somebody else. Right. But they're all wrong. They're actually from Santa. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll buy that. Um, so they're they're cruising through Chicago, uh, a desolate Chicago. Well, it's deserted because everybody's at home waiting for Christmas. I guess so. I'll, I'll say this though: it, I didn't find it that unrealistic because one thing that always surprised me. Erin wasn't lived in Chicago for a bit, and when I would go to visit her, I was always surprised at how, for a major U.S. metropolitan city how completely dead it was at night 
down. Well, so I, I lived downtown in the, in the, in the I, loop area. I lived in the loop. In the there loop. was jack shit going on at night. It was. That's because it was just starting to have like actual residential stuff. I'm sure it's 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 less deserted now, but yeah. it, they just people didn't live down there. We actually we remember there was a they were filming a movie there that one time. Yeah, we were coming. Yeah, we were coming back from breakfast, (laughs) and they were filming like Chicago Med or Chicago Fire, Chicago whatever. And there was this like awful car wreck that they were worst car wreck that we'd ever seen in our lives. It was was, a catastrophe. But it was also like physically impossible for it to end up that way. Yeah, and and you could clearly tell that it was staged. But it uh, it took me like ten seconds because I remember staring at it and being like, "Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, how many people just died?" And it was like blown away by the catastrophic catastrophic car wreck that we were seeing. And then I was like, "Oh wait a second, yeah, this is this is implausible." Well, so th- th- there were lots of other people who were uh, you know peering over the. the fence with us and there's yeah. this woman who was freaking out yeah and could could not like just never figured it out right she's just basically just screaming like oh my god oh my god <laughs> god rest their souls yeah <laughs> it was 112 people who just died in 37 car pile up yeah yeah no i mean it, was, it wasn't quite as bad as like the blues brothers police car thing but <laughs> it, was it was close, close. um anyway they're so they're cruising around through chicago looking for these reindeer um, and they get in a, they get in a high speed uh, chase with the cops. I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. So going just briefly going back to the, the Santa Claus question, I had a really hard time because <laughs> our kid was like asking a question about why um, why the there is a police officer that ends up tracking them down in the Dodge Charger. And he's like, thinks he's crazy. He like he won't accept that this is actually Santa Claus because that would mean that he was crazy. The cop. The cop. Yeah. And so I was trying to explain that to our kid, um, but then I was like, well, I can't tell him. Our, our kid still believes in Santa. <laughs> I don't want this to be the reveal that that Santa doesn't exist. Yeah. So I was having a really hard time trying to explain to him why the cop was having a hard time right. accepting that Santa Claus was real. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that I struggle with uh, a lot, is the, the question being, should you encourage a child's belief in Santa Claus? And I definitely understand why people are for that, because it's this nice, magical, childlike thing it's not it's nice it's a nice thing it's benign it is is it benign that's my question is it benign it it's kind i would say it's kind of benign um my problem with it as you might imagine is that i just don't know that we should it it is it is a a mild form of lying to to your kid right and to me of course so i am of militantly atheist and this to me feels like a gateway drug into getting kids to believe 
in some sort of religion by getting them to believe in a in a fairy tale. Well, and say, oh no, this is oh, it's absolutely true, and they have all of this lore and myth and ritual surrounding it. And then one day to be like, ah, eh, now we're just joking with you. It, it's weird. It's a weird thing to do to a kid. Now I absolutely, but but at the same time. When our son is talking about Santa Claus and excited about it and excited about Christmas and presents, I, that's nice. But it also makes me feel kind of weird to 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 encourage it at all. So my strategy, and I, you know, we've talked about this before. My strategy is to kind of put it back on him, right? Because yeah, the other night he's like asking about Santa, is Santa real, blah blah blah, and I I just say, well, what do you think? Right. I don't know. I don't so know. I, what do you think? Some so people I, believe. Some people don't. What do you think? And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's a hard question for me. I think it is also a exercise in critical thinking. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you have this lore that is told, um, you know, and at some point the kids start to realize, like, how is it possible for Santa to visit every house in in a night right how is it possible for a reindeer to fly and so then they start working through that and they're like oh maybe this isn't a real thing yeah so here's the weird discord in our society though is where a kid will be at some point in their development they will reach this stage you just described and they will say, how is it possible for Santa to fit down a chimney and visit all these houses? And the, and their adults in their life will be like, no, you got it. You know, you've figured it out. Right. And then the next day they'll ask, yeah, but how is it possible for Noah to fit two of every animal on a big boat? And the same adults in their life will be like, D- it, just, it just is, okay? Don't question it. It just is. <laughs> how, is it, how is it possible that... that uh. That Jesus rose back from the dead. It just, it, well, it just is. It's just possible. So this is this messes with our kids. I, I, I feel like this is a mind fuck of of epic proportions to our kids. I mean, I I can't answer why or like how that works for people who actually literally believe in those things. I mean, the answer for me for the certainly for the Noah question is it's a metaphor, right? And so here's this is a giant diversion, but who no cares? kidding. Who cares? I th- I feel like most Christian people agree with you, in their heart of hearts, even if they don't say it out loud. I think that most will agree that the vast majority of the scripture is in fact metaphor, metaphorical in nature, or lesson teaching. Which always leads me to the same point, which is then, well, then why why believe in that specifically? I think most spiritual people and most people adherents of all religions will agree on certain core principles like the golden rule and you know don't don't murder or steal or or covet these these are all pretty universal right the fact that people will attach to a specific doctrine when the only parts of it that they actually believe in are the generalities that everybody believes in and is saddled with a bunch of specific fairy tale that they don't believe in, but that they take to be metaphorical for general principles, why then believe in the specific doctrine? Why can't you just say, I believe in being a good person? Instead of saying, oh, well, I'm a fill-in-the-blank. I believe in these things because I'm a Christian, or I'm a Muslim, or I'm a, or I'm a Jew, or whatever. 
You don't. You're not, though. You're just a good person who just believes in normal things. <laughs> you know. You, you know what I mean? You don't actually believe in any of this shit about how people are swallowed by whales or how they put all these animals on a boat. You just believe in treating people nice and being good to people. Well, you're you're asking the wrong person, yeah. as I don't have any adherence to any of those things. Yeah. But um. People remember stories way better than they remember just like don't murder people. Sure. No, that's that's true. But is it worth it to what the stories that you happen to use to remember those things should not define you or set you in opposition to other people who remember those things via different stories? I mean, well, that's, sure. That's that's my only point here. Um, let's redirect our attention to the, to the matter at hand. Yeah which is Santa Claus. So they they split up, and he sends Katie to go wrestle the reindeer yeah. while he and the boy continue to evade the cops. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna give her some time. She catches the reindeer, which they chose to render in CGI, which I thought was kind of weird. Well, Because reindeer exist. Reindeer exist, but these reindeer don't look like real reindeer. They don't. They're sort of this they're, weird they're, cartoon, sort yeah. of semi-cartoony. They're in the uncanny they, valley of reindeer. Which, well, I, I mean, yes. I didn't, I thought they looked like Santa's reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got his own uh, CRISPR technology going yeah. on up there. Yeah. And these they, are, they look sort of like a mix between reindeer and cows. Yeah. They're cute. They, they, well, they are cuter than actual reindeer. Yeah, so. so there you go. And I guess they didn't have to worry about getting animal wranglers and cleaning up a bunch of reindeer shit off of uh, State Street. So right, um, and feed them candy canes. There was a nice. I, I liked the scene where um, they're evading the cops and they do they catch some air. Yeah, and there was a nice moment where Santa and Teddy are screaming, and they yeah. look at each other, and they're screaming, and the car smashes back into the ground, and they're screaming. Yeah, it comes to a stop, and they're sh- they both shit their pants. Yeah, it was pretty funny, actually. I like. Yeah. No, that was a good part. <laughs> that was a good part. So the cops have caught them, and they get them um, out of the car, and they they have them they have them get down on the ground, and they 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 cuff Santa. They, they cuff Santa's cuffed. Santa tries to pull his trick of uh, t- calling them by name and like doing his Santa shit on them. Yeah, and they're but they're not having it. Although there there is a funny part in the car where Teddy's like, "Why can't you just like like Jedi mind trick them?" And Santa says, "I'm Santa. I'm not Yoda." Yeah, um, which I was amused by. Yeah. Um, so they're gonna take Santa off, but the girl, but Katie then comes uh, stampeding down uh, the street with the reindeer, right? And and is like about to die because she's falling off Comet. Yeah. And Teddy leaves on to the other one, Blitzen, Prance, whatever. And and the cops are mad because Teddy escapes, but they have Santa. Luckily. Yeah. So and one of the cops actually sees the reindeer fly off. Right. So he's a believer now. Yeah. He's been converted, but the other cop didn't see it. So well, he, he, he's like trying to get all the, the backup cops to turn around and look at the reindeer flying yeah. into the sky, but they're they're lame and they're they're too late. They yeah, they miss it. So he's the only one. He's like a Michigan, Michigan J. Frog yeah. moment yeah. where he's the only one who, who sees it. The uh, Another thing I noticed is that the reindeer have a hard time taking off and Santa yells, oh, it's because his jingle bells are loose. Yeah. 
And so the girl like snaps the jingle bells and they turn green and this gives the, you know, lets them fly off, which at this moment I noticed that almost all of Santa's stuff, it's all like device powered. Yeah, he's Batman. He, he's Batman, yeah, because he's got like, he makes this police scanner device. He's got a tracking device. We didn't mention this, but he hands Katie this green ball, which he's like, this will lead you to the sack of toys. Right. Um, the reindeer fly apparently via this device method. Right. The wormhole that the sleigh goes through is activated by this Globe flux capacitor <laughs> that's in. It the, is a flux capacitor that's in the sleigh. Yeah. So it's all like this high tech device yeah. stuff. It's not. It's not necessarily magic per se. Um, I'm fine with that. So anyway, Santa gets drug off to the precinct, and the kids. Uh, yeah, he's go in off. Cook County Jail. <laughs> yeah, he's um, gonna get the six merry murderesses. So the kids, uh, they find the bag of toys yep. in a park or something, and yep. the girl, Katie, uh, crawls into the bag. Well, so Santa had told them, go find the bag of toys. They will leave, It will get you to the elves. So she's trying to figure out. That's why she crawls in. She's like looking right. for an elf. Yeah, she's calling for the elf. She crawls in the bag, and then she disappears because the bag is itself... It's like a, a Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. Except for, or, like, in another not, dimension. Yeah, it, it, apparently, they sort say of a later, it's like a portal to the North Pole. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So she ends up in the North Pole. The, Teddy, the, on the other hand. So the, I, don't, I don't understand what happened here. So these, like, street toughs or something. Yeah, they're wandering around looking for... for trouble. Trouble. I, it's Pray. not clear what they're doing. And they find this teenager with a bag of presents right um and they they're like you're coming with us kid and they grab him and the bag of presents and well they they, they so they've tried to get him to just give him the bag and he was like no because because katie was in there so they take the bag and then they take him they take with him them for, to for, punish him for, I, I don't know why they don't just either beat him up and leave him there or kill him and leave him there or just leave him there. Somehow they should just leave him. There's no reason for them to take him except that the movie requires it. So it's, yeah, I, it's a very visible plot to mechanism. They, Maybe they they're presenting him. him to the leader so that he can like but what, So him. what the fuck is going on here though? Because they take him to like this warehouse. Crime. Yeah. No, it's it's kind of awesome. <laughs> they take him to this warehouse where everyone is like, dude, it's like a, it's like a chop shop. They're they're cutting cars up and shit. And so the boss comes out. And is like, what have what do we have here? And they're like, look, it's a bag of presents. <laughs> it's like a, like, there's a scene, I think, and and I think it's Orange and the New Black is the New Black, one of the like flashbacks, to where they're like in this back secret room, and there's like sixty five women in their underwear in face masks, like weighing out drugs yeah. on scales. Yeah, that's bas- That's what this is. That's what's good. So. So my thought was, do they think this bag is full of drugs? Is that this they just think giant it's full of valuables. bag? Do they think it's full of drugs? No, they're just, they're just valuables. But it's just wrapped up presents. It's clear, if anything. But this, wrapped up presents are valuable. If anything, these are clearly just kids' toys. I mean, what else are you supposed to think this is? And so the guy opens up one of the boxes. Yeah, and this it's is got, good. And it's got coal in it. Yeah. Oh, that was so satisfying. It doesn't make any sense, though, because are they implying that because he's the one that opened it, it magically turned into coal? Yes! (laughs) 
<laughs> Obviously. I'm not, but then what happened to that present? That present belonged to some kid. It's a magic bag that is a portal to the elf world. Like, why bother? It needs to make sense. I demand it. It makes sense. <laughs> so he opens up a bunch of these, and they're all full of coal. Because so all f- of the people in this warehouse are bad people. And he's so furious that there just happens to be a, a furnace, like an old-fashioned fire yeah, like in, the, like in a gross point blank, they throw the like <laughs> yeah. German assassin in there. And somebody's going to throw this in there. I don't know if that's a great idea to throw an entire bag, presumably full of coal, all at once into a fire. But that's what he does. It's, just, it's, it's not like it's C4 or anything. It's just make it really hot. <laughs> the, and, the, and Teddy's screaming, my sister's in there, and he pulls the thing out. Um, meanwhile, th- this has been intercut with scenes of Katie in this North Pole right. she's wandering, sanctum. She's wandering around looking for elves. And she she discovers that there is a library full of all the letters that Santa's ever received. She randomly gets it into her head that she's going to look for the pierces. And then she figures out that Teddy's written Santa a letter. And this is an invasion of privacy. She yeah, reads it. she reads it. And well, Teddy... She's never heard of HIPAA. It's a clear HIPAA violation. That's not. They're not healthcare workers. Mental health. Mental health. All right. Yeah. So she she reads the letter, and the letter says, Santa, you probably can't do this, but my only Christmas wish is to see my dad. Heartstrings. Like, right. Teddy's really, really sad. He's not a bad kid. He's just in severe grief and mourning and right. is not handling That's it That's why well. he's stealing cars. Right. Yeah. And why he's hating on his sister. So... So she finds the elves who at first are like going to attack her. So the, the elves, just describe the elves. They're gremlins. They're gremlins. They look they're, almost they're, exactly they're like the Mogwai. Well, no, they they actually look they look exactly like a cross between the fuzzy gremlins and the lizard gremlins. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's the first thing I thought as soon as I saw one. I was like, oh, it's, gre- it's a gremlin. Yeah. I like the first one that she sees. She's like, what's your name? And he goes, Lars. Lars. <laughs> yeah. Lars. Yeah. And they they all speak they all speak they this speak language that sounds exactly to me like Polish. Not that I speak Polish, but yeah. it sounds very much like Polish. It's Elvish. I mean, I assume that the elves are Slavs of some kind. It is some sort of sort of Scandinavian sounding. I think it's supposed to be like cuz cuz they're supposed to isn't this all like Norwegian in in nature? Like the whole Santa Claus thing is originally yeah. Norwegian in nature or whatever. Something like that. Um, anyway. So so I, I do have a question. Why has there not been some sort of like crossover? Because aren't the elves in Lord of the Rings the ones with like the pointy ears and the long blonde hair? Right. I was actually, I was thinking this exact thing while we're watching this is that elf Right, it can mean anything depending on what what franchise. Right, because yeah, in Lord of the Rings, they are eight feet tall and they got long flowing hair and they're you know all gorgeous and whatever. Right, and then in this movie, they're Dreadless. six inches tall and roly poly, and all like a little creepy looking. Yeah. So she like learns Elvish like immediately. I, I would like there to be a remake of Lord of the Rings with these taking the place of the elves in that yeah, movie. That'd be pretty that'd be awesome. Fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll call it Pete. We're friends. Yeah, I can remake it again. It'd be like oh, beautiful Gladriel. Yeah, or whatever her name is. Yeah. It's like and it's like 
Welcome to Mocka to Mocka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little squat, little yeah. <laughs> she-elf. Yeah. P- Badnitz cartoon eyes. P- Peter Jackson can go back to the Lord of the, Lord of the Rings trough again. Yeah. So these things are the comic relief of the... I guess. Of the movie. They were just annoying. <laughs> so uh, Mostly because they look like gremlins. This is the other part of the sort of... Um, not not to go back to the whole religion thing, but but I'm going to. So they find this book that said that's on it. It says something on the cover like the true believers. No, that is that is what it says. <laughs> so it says it's the got, true believers. And it's got every family in there, the family tree, but only those people who really believe in Santa Claus. Yep. And, and there's so, so like Teddy is missing from the from the yeah the whole tree. the whole Pierce lineage is there, but Teddy's name there's a space for him. Yeah, but it's a little bubble, but it's blank. And, and and Katie's like, oh, oh, Teddy's not a true believer. Yeah, which once again, this just sort of frustrates me because it is. N- I get that it's nice for kids to believe in Santa Claus, but to paint it as a spiritual and moral crisis to not believe in Santa Claus is a bridge too far for me. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that it is necessarily. I mean, pro- it probably is for this movie, but you can believe in Christmas without it being a religious thing. Now, yes. I, I think you so, can. So, I think I th- because it's it's you know what this movie is like really hitting you over the head with is it's like this is a reminder of how good that you can be, and that doesn't have to be. Um, related to jesus like all of all of the like right. war on christmas people are gonna come at me but we're in we're in america it's there is secular christmas sorry happy holidays everybody yeah <laughs> where's my red starbucks cup we need to be not and the, the christians are under attack in this country you don't understand how hard they have it they are just under attack left right and up up and down sure they're, they're prosecuted and persecuted yeah vast majority in this country <laughs> uh yes I think the only per- the only group that has it harder than christians in this country are white straight men so let's just give them a break okay that's true um oh i just noticed that there's a giant quantity of baby barf all over my leg oh let's cute check, check that out i was all crusted and dried on there that's fantastic my dad. Happy holidays. <laughs> dad. Covered in baby vomit that I didn't even notice. Yeah. All right. That's great. Uh, so, You're in your pajamas, whatever. So meanwhile, Santa's been, is being interrogated. Uh, yeah, by, in, by in, the cop that caught him. In the precinct. So, so once again, here's a lack of amazement because Santa pulls out of his coat every toy that this guy ever wanted as a kid. This cop yeah. who's interrogated him. He pulls out like four or five giant well, packages out he, of his coat. He just he no, they're all like small trinkety things. Like one of them is one a of them Hansel. is a full size action figure still in the package. I mean, it's it's not small, right? It's not like he could have. It's not like he legitimately could have been hiding it in sure. his coat. Is all I'm saying. Well, he and he also only made it through a few years. He he says he, he right he he got through like age six. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, implying that he can pull out all the presents right. from every year that he wanted presents. Yes, and, and the, the guy is just like whatever. Yeah, he's not he's so jaded. He, he's so jaded by the. And again, I don't care how jaded you are. 
if some dude sits across the table from me and starts pulling Mary Poppins style all this shit out of his coat that can't possibly fit in his coat, yeah, and it is all this shit that I wanted as a kid, I, I even I, as jaded as I am, would, Grinchy, would, 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 the Grinchy Scroogey man that I am. I would be like, fucking give me some eggnog. Where's a re- I'm going to put a wreath around my neck. Ho, ho, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. But no, this guy's like, whatever. Whatever, whatever, dude. Not buying it. So then, then he says, I know what you want for Christmas this year. You want Lisa. That's his ex-wife. Yeah. So he is not, I, he is, Santa is not making Lisa be interested in him he is supplying the police officer with more information about lisa's already existing feelings except that maybe except that in a later scene he says to the cop aren't you going to answer that and the cop says answer what and then his phone goes off and it's lisa calling him to to, yeah. to reconcile he didn't, he didn't make that happen. He just interpre- knows it's going to. I, one interpret it happened exactly when he wanted it to, though. So what, I mean, it's. I think I feel like it's easy to interpret this as he made it happen. I think that's Santa, one. Santa believes in consent. That's one reading. Of no, this, Santa believes he, in consent. He would never do that. I don't know. I think he's 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 playing God. He's messing with these people's lives. No, no, he he believes in consent. He would he wouldn't manufacture these feelings. Seems awfully convenient to me. It might be convenient. That's all I'm saying. I'm it might suspicious. be convenient. Um, so th- this leads into what I feel like is the best part of the movie. Because Santa gets thrown in prison. Yeah. He's in he's in jail. Um, and uh, he's 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 standing there. And then next to the cell next door, three, I, get, I, I have to assume prostitutes get thrown in. It, it is. I, they, they, they meet the standard movie. <laughs> Description. We, I mean, we have to believe they're prostitutes. Santa starts pulling again magically out of his coat musical instruments for everybody to play. He yeah. pulls the guitars out. He pulls a trumpet out, saxophone, all, all this. And he turns the jail cell into a nightclub. Yeah. And, and, into a, a, a music venue. Yeah. And they start rocking out. Yeah. What song are they, are they doing? Uh, some Christmas, some rocky Christmas. Uh, Santa Claus is back in town, or something. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't it's matter. Bluesy. Um, and th- I, I dug this scene. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the it first to admit it. It was fun. Kurt yeah. Russell is going for it. Uh, let me just say that I think Kurt Russell did a good job in this movie. Oh yeah, I thought he was very charismatic. Yeah, he was perfect. I think the tone was perfect because there's there's a couple ways you could go wrong with this. One way you go wrong is to feel like this role is beneath you. Right. And to not buy into it and not sell it. Right. The other way this could go wrong is to just be super way over the top cheesy with it, which would be fine, but you know. But I think Kurt Russell does it just right. He's right in the middle. He takes yeah. it seriously. Yeah. Um not too seriously though it's perfect i think it's perfect and i think this scene was the great example of that because he's having a lot of fun doing this and yeah. he's he's rocking out this this is a movie where you you want santa to chew up a lot of scenery yeah and and especially in this scene he's doing it he's he does a great and the, the prostitutes are the backup singers and uh he's he's got a full band in there 
Um, the the cops all come to watch, and they're like yeah. rocking out. And the the one who saw the reindeer is is like super into it. Yeah, he quits his job. Yeah, <laughs> interestingly, the one who saw yeah. the reindeer <laughs> says. He says something He's like, like that was awesome, and turns around and then says, "I quit." Yeah, and walks out of like, the jail. I don't get it. Why did you quit? Why did the, why did believing in Santa make you quit your promising career as a police officer? I don't. I, that didn't make any sense to me. It's, it's hard to be a police officer because the, because Santa kept telling him he was a good. He's like, "You're a great cop. You're you're one of the best." Yeah, he said that a couple times. Yeah, and the guy's like, "I believe in Santa. I quit." Yeah, <laughs> like what the what the fuck is going on? Anyway. Um, well, so then, then um, Katie has gotten in touch with the elves and like sends Lars to cut open a grate in the jail ceiling and throw Santa a hat. Yeah, his backup hat. His backup hat. Magic hat. And then he gets the the cop like decides he believes in Santa. And is about to because, open. Because, because Lisa calls him. Because Lisa calls and him. And they reconcile. And they reconcile. Very they're, quickly. They're going to meet for coffee. To, yeah. Well, they're going to meet for coffee tomorrow. Let's let's not be too hasty. On Christmas, which I thought, wait, okay, you're going to go find somewhere whose op- place is open on Christmas and have coffee? Whatever. It's Chicago. I'm sure they can find something. Pals is open on De- Christmas. Denny's. Find Denny's. There's, there's, there's plenty. Um, but then he leaves. He doesn't leave through the jail cell door. Yeah, he yeah. vanishes through the hole in the ceiling. Right. As soon Which as the was cop, like, why didn't he just cop, do that before? As soon as the cop opens, opens the, the door, door, he leaves through the hole in the ceiling. Just, I, 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 this is kind of like he just wanted to prove that he could do it. He's like, yeah. he proved that he could assert his authority over the cop or something. He convinced him to let him out. He's like, now that I have succeeded in this, I'm going to show you that I could have left at any given moment. He could have left at any given moment anyway because. As we've seen, he can pull anything he wants to out of his coat. So you have to imagine he could have pulled a key to the door out of his coat, or he could have pulled a stick of dynamite out of his coat, or he could. Well, that that will come in again later too. Okay. This this thing about being able to. Yeah. So they um they they all meet up again at the sleigh, and Santa's like, "All right, well, fucking tarnation." Yeah, he, he was like, oh, shit, I spent too long singing in the jail. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I don't have time to actually finish this. And the kids are like, wait, what? No, we're doing this. We're doing this so hard because a Pierce never gives up, never surrenders. Now, what is it? A Pierce sees it through. Oh, yeah. No. Which is not a good, this is their family motto. It doesn't. It doesn't have. It's a not catchy. It, it should be never give catchy. up, never surrender. Every time they every time they said Pierce, I all I could you know all I could think of what community. Oh, Pierce, <laughs> the Pierce character in Community. Yeah, is all I could ever think. Anyway, the uh, the Chevy he, Chase, the uh, uh, toilet paper king, the toilet paper king Pierce. Yeah. Um. Uh. So so yeah, they decide they're gonna team up. And that the three of them are going to be able to accomplish this task. Yeah, some, somehow it's it, which is bullshit, especially the way that they, dem- they yeah the way they show it. Yeah, so so they Teddy could, they have Teddy drive the sleigh. I'm fine with with that. Yeah, and then um, they're having Katie throw presents out and shout names and addresses, and I'm like, Santa knows all that. Yeah, so so she she should just be able to sh- to throw presents down. I guess it makes it more. Uh, 
theatrically appealing if she's doing something besides right. just throwing presents. But like she's shouting all these names, and I'm just like, not. If all if you just sat there and shouted the name of every kid in even let's just say Chicago, not even the world, right? It would, that would take you all night long, right? For, <laughs> but they're trying to say they did the entire world. In this very well, no, they didn't. They didn't do the entire world because they didn't have that much left to do. Oh right, yeah, he he had comp. He'd done most of the world already, I guess. Yeah, he basically only had to do the the uh, western half of the United States. But here's the other uh, Christmas movie question that always comes up. So he he's he is explicitly saying he's doing the entire world, which is including non-Christian countries, places that don't celebrate Christmas. But this is sort of glossed over. That you don't actually have to do the entire world, since there are huge parts of the world that uh, do not celebrate Christmas or have well, no idea. You, obviously, those are skipped. <laughs> I would like that to be addressed too. I'd like Santa to be like a little dig at the places where he's not welcome. Yeah, that could be fun. He's, he's talking about the time that he almost got shot down by by a ground air missile over uh, over. He tried to visit the Sentinel over Saudi Arabia, yeah, or something, and they. Try to shoot him down. Yeah. Uh, so they, but they, they accomplished their task. And oh yeah. So as a geography nerd, this really irritated me because the the geography they so Santa's got this. Um, the elves have fixed the sleigh, and Santa's got this little globe thingy that helps him like teleport into like move between cities quickly. Right. And they do not go in geographical order. No, they go all over the place. They go from, like, Chicago to Anchorage to Honolulu to Phoenix to to Seattle to Salt Lake City to Helena to Billings (laughs) to L.A. to Tijuana. I mean, it's just, like, nonsensical. No rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. you know, as a person who cares about geography, that was really irritating. Just, just do it in order. Yeah, it's not that hard. So they finish up. They go. They go back to the kids' home. They're all done. Well, no, they, they, they realize that that um, one of the elves got candy cane on one of the uh, the names of the kid, and they almost missed her. So they, they have to hop. House. Yeah, they have to hop name. down back to Mexico City. Yeah, um, I didn't quite get the point of that last scene. I don't know. I guess just a time filler to stretch it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of not. It was funny though, but I don't know. Maybe it was an attempt to add some multiculturalism because a little, a little Spanish-speaking girl, and in a nice touch, he they left out for him those Mexican cookies. Yeah. What are those called? Those uh, they're solid-colored red or green. The Mexican wedding cookies. Um, no, they've got a Spanish name. Anyway, there's a plate of the of of of. Mexican cookies that he's enjoys, and the little the little Mexican girl comes out and says, "Ay, caramba!" or says something. Oh it's... no, 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 no! <laughs> no, she sees him and she's like, "Santa, mi Dios!" And, yeah. and then she goes, "Mommy, Poppy," and yeah. she runs back into her parents' room or whatever. Yeah, but by the time she comes back, he's gone. He's gone. So he drops them back off at home, and um, what happens here at the end? I... He uh, he says you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. <laughs> right. Just like the sleigh like, then gets struck by lightning. It accelerates to eighty-eight miles an hour. Yeah. And then it goes... He introduces his sons Jules and Vern. 
Right. These are all Back to the Future references, in case you didn't pick up on that. Yeah. It did very much remind me, though, of that train scene. Yeah. Because it was like your your future is your own. Like you can have it be whatever you want right, it to be. Right. Sure. Trying to get Teddy off of the juvenile delinquent criminal path. Yeah. And he does pickpocket the tape. We forgot he does. to mention. He steals so, the tape from the so camcorder. So Katie has been taping yeah. on the camcorder basically this entire time. Right. So she's gonna. She, they're like, oh, let's like let's watch a movie for the rest of Christmas night until mom gets back or right. whatever. Even though it's like becoming daylight. Yeah. Um, and uh, she goes to look in the camcorder, and and Santa's got the tape. Yeah. So mom comes back home. Um. The kids have mentioned that they've oh they forgot to give mom a present, but when they come in the house, Santa's well, the present that she wanted was them getting along, and right. she walks up and they're like hugging they're each hugging other, each other and yeah they've so. they've reconciled their BFFs again because right. she calls him Teddy Bear yeah and he calls her Katie Cat right which are their their childhood nicknames but then they all go inside and the place is decorated yeah like crazy and mom starts crying oh it's just like dad used to decorate it blah 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 so this is the part where they all open their presents mom doesn't notice that there's all these magic presents from santa claus teddy's present this was sort of like 25 percent sweet and 75 percent stupid because (laughs) if you recall the letter he wrote to santa said he wanted to to see his dad again or talk to his dad again or something And it's a note, it, this, the present has a note in there from Santa that says, sorry, I don't have the power to do that, but how about this instead or something? And it's this Christmas ornament. Right. That when Teddy goes to hang it on the tree, he briefly gets a glimpse of his dad in the shine of the ornament or something. So, Which, when they're, wait, hang on. This, maybe you missed this part, because back while they were chasing the reindeer, they stop and they have this conversation about how, um, like, Teddy's really disappointed in himself. Um, right. And that he shouldn't be, that he, sh- Katie says that she- he shouldn't be because he is so much like their dad and she sees him, the dad, in her brother right. all the no, time. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So, that's what it's referring to. Yeah. So he initially sees the reflection of himself. It morphs into his dad. Yeah. Who says, I'm proud of you or something. And yeah. And then it morphs back into him. Yeah. I'm like, all right. What are we? Okay. Fine. I'll leave it alone. It's, it's <laughs> I, I get it. It's just sort of, sort of cheesy. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't tug my heartstrings. <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. What are we supposed to take from this? That it created some mild... A hallucination inside of Teddy's brain or that for a moment he really did see his dad in heaven or something or what is it just like a magic trick that Santa I don't I don't know what we're supposed to actually believe just happened there is, he's is, I guess, seeing my, my his dad in himself because it is a reflection he's, he's seen a- he's he's literally seen the thing that his sister told him right but why is that necessary when is I, I don't I know. I mean, part it, part it of part of adulting as, and growing up is you being your own parent. Yes, that's very true. So that's what this is: is he is he is taking a step towards being able to parent himself. I just saw it as being sort of a ham-fisted 
clumsy well, you, you see hand visual, fists everywhere you look <laughs> visual representation yeah. of what uh, the speech by the sister i felt was much more meaningful and heartfelt than this maudlin kind of goofy thing at the end I think They're just they, trying to tie up some loose ends. I think from a storytelling standpoint, the better way to do it would have been to move that sister speech there to there at the end and have that be the end of the movie because that would have been much more emotionally effective, I, I think. Hey, at least he and, didn't walk up to the plaque happened. of his dad and have it start talking to him. Yes, at least that didn't happen. Because <laughs> that, that could have happened. would have been bad. That could have happened. So the end of this movie is Santa Claus back at the North Pole and Miss Claus shows up. Oh yeah, this was your favorite part. I like, this was funny. And they for the long time, they don't show her face. Her back's to the camera and she's scooting around like, oh, I hear you got into some trouble tonight, Mr. Claus. And yeah. he's like, oh, maybe a little bit. Uh huh. And then she finally turns around and it's Goldie Hawn, which yeah. is, of course, Kurt Russell's wife of 50 years or whatever. Um, so I, I mean, that's nice. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, and then credits, end of movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your, we have not discussed this yet. What's your verdict on this movie? It was fun. I mean, it was, you know, I think it's like a lot of these Netflix movies is that they're not like, great but there you know there's there's this uh atlantic article where one of their writers like tags everything and like sort of back jury rigs their whole system right of of like what their um what algorithm led to this movie being made right yeah and so you know they this is um Christmas action-packed Christmas movies for for seven to ten year olds, starring Kurt right. Russell. <laughs> yeah, seven it, year olds love Kurt Russell. <laughs> sure. Well, maybe that's for the parents. I don't know. But like, you know, it, they, they've got all these algorithms to tell them what kind of movies that they should make. Right. And I, I, the, people were decrying this, like. They're saying like this is this is not how you make art. Like this is really cheap and commercialized. It doesn't have to be. It's like how you make it's the not, movie. So I think that's bullshit because what artists throughout all of human history have tried to do exactly this. What does the audience want? What do people want? You know, I mean, granted, not all artists. You've got your Andy Kaufmans out there who are just trying to fuck with people. But is he your you patron saint? Yes, he is. But do you think Beethoven was not interested in what the audience wanted to hear? Do you think Martin Scorsese is not interested in what people want to watch? This is what all art has been trying to give the people something that they will enjoy and that they want to engage with. This is just another way of doing that, of try, trying to trying to satisfy that artistic goal of – entertaining the masses i I don't see it as a problem necessarily you it is often uh more fertile for creativity if you put some constraints on right and that's what this like micro genre thing would be well that's what that's why so many writing exercises are like here's the first line of your story we're going to give you the first line now go from there right um uh, because that can help kickstart some some creativity so yeah if the netflix algorithm is like hey make a movie uh, about a dirty sexy grandpa santa starring kurt russell 
All right. You make it. You make it, and you end up with something like this. So, yeah, I think most Netflix movies fall somewhere in between a made-for-TV lifetime movie and an actual movie. Yeah. In sort of that that middle ground there, um, which is firmly where this falls. You would not mistake this for something that would have a wide theatrical release, but it's not like a, you know, ABC shitty holiday special. I mostly liked it. I um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I appreciated the. I mean, it was very clear about its theming. You know, it's yeah. like Christmas is about bringing out the good in people, and um, the transition or character development between when the brother and sister hate each other at the beginning and to the end. Um, I like that progression. Yeah, I I thought that they did that well, and it, you know, it's a reminder that you can you know fix relationships. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit long. It felt a little padded. There were some see, there was some weird editing or something where some of the scenes didn't really make any sense to me, or I didn't quite understand why it was put together the way that it was. But it wasn't boring. Um, uh, it pretty much kept my interest. Um, yeah. And uh, I thought it was fine. I I don't know that I would make it an annual tradition to watch this movie, but it wasn't. I felt like it was it was fine. It was uh, it was child appropriate. I don't recall there there was there was like one dam in there, but minimum you know not really much else in terms of uh, the 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 crime bosses in the middle were a little bit scary. If you I don't know. I felt like our, our kid was scared at that part, too. Well, our kid gets scared at any... Our, our kid is scared of dramatic tension of, of any kind. Well, he, it's not any that he's scared. It's just that he's he has, like, so much empathy that he can't, like, he just cannot, watch it. He cannot handle tension of any sort. Like, yeah, he's he was he was scared that the that they were that the kids were gonna get hurt. Yeah, he was scared that they were gonna get in trouble. Um, and and I mean that's that's a good impulse. It makes it it, it makes shout. it hard to watch any movie whatsoever. But yeah, it is a good impulse. Yeah. Um. All right. Any final comments? I, I recommend it was inter- it was entertaining. It was it was weird. But it was very entertaining. Yeah, I think if you have Netflix it's and you're looking for a Christmas movie, you could do a lot worse um, than this. Yeah. I was sort of... Santa Claus. We decided to do this because we watched the trailer and we're like, oh, this looks like, this looks like a hot pile of shit. Let's do this movie. Um, <laughs> you know it's a hot pile of shit? Huh? The, uh, the movie with um, the workaholics guys. That's that so, was a, that was that was a hot pile of shit. That was pretty bad. It was I, I really know, bad. What was the name of that? Uh, what was that I don't remember. Movie. We something like, like Balls Deep. Or like <laughs> it was something like. like a TV show Workaholics that we like. That's a funny show. Um, and then those guys did a well, Netflix movie. Yeah, so somebody decided, all right, we're going to give these kids a, uh, they're not kids. They're, they're probably they're grown. They're like they're, 35 years old. Yeah, they're, they're probably my age. Um, we're game gonna, o- it's called Game Over, man. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, al- workaholic seems fine enough. Like, let's give these, <laughs> let's give these guys some, some money and see what they would do if we let them make a movie. Um, I don't know if that was a good idea. 
There were, I think I laughed at some parts of that movie. It was a disaster, though. It really was a disaster. Anyway, it's not like that. Um, so, yeah, watch uh, watch Christmas Chronicles. So, so, yeah, my point was it wasn't as bad as I was kind of hoping it was going to be. Yeah. So that we could make fun of it more. But, what? It's, so, whatever. You win some, you lose some. The next movie will be shittier. <laughs> we, we made plenty of fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, why don't you drop us a line at norkpodcast at gmail.com or at our Facebook uh, page, which you can just search for Nork Podcast. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you may acquire it. Music is Blind Love Dub by... Jerris. I want to say Norris, but that's not... No, it's Jerris. By Jerris? Jerris. Thank you, Jerris. Thank you, Jerris. I'm still not sure if Jerris is the individual's name or if that's the name of the band or the group that... Doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. Um, I I would be willing to bet that all the people who submitted music on that side are single per- people. Yeah, probably right. probably so. Spinning tunes in their basement. Right. Beep beep boop boop. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did. I didn't do a Donald Trump impression during this. That's podcast, okay. That's so okay. I'm gonna have to no. do. No, it's okay. Do more of them next time to make up for it. So uh, next episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, Donald Trump's inaugural speech. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Brandon. I'm Aaron. Good night. gonna sit here and contemplate what my life has come to because let me tell you something i used to be i used to be the biggest night owl that you've ever met i don't know who who you know or what kind of life you've led but you never knew a night owl like me fast forward to current life current job current kids forget about it um it's a sad state of affairs